Welcome to 900 Ackland Avenue. What follows is the service from October 2nd, 2022. Thank you and God bless. Oh, save your mind, dwell in my soul, and peace divine. 
Please be with Jason and Emily and their family. Please be with Lindsay and her new pregnancy and keep her safe and healthy. Please be with Manuel, with Hi and Byron and Smithsonian. We thank you, Lord, that Tyra's back with us today. What a long journey she's had, and we are so appreciative that she's here with us again. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to come before you and to bring our prayers and our wishes and our thoughts and our desires. We know that you say yes, and we know that you say no, and it is our responsibility to accept what you offer us. Be with us as we go through this week and the rest of this worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Five hundred thirty. Five hundred thirty. I was reading about the original form of this song, and the first lines, most of them were actually questions. It's possible. Peace, perfect peace in this dark world of sin, and it was a question. And then the answers in the second part. So you might think about it as we go through this. Peace, perfect peace in this dark world. Yeah. 
Good morning, Eklund Avenue. It's good to see everybody. What a beautiful fall day to be together. We are grateful that you are here. Uh, if you've been here for a long time, we're grateful. And if this is your first Sunday, we're especially grateful. Hope you can hang around and get a coffee or donuts with us afterwards. We'll have various classes uh, as we just enjoy being together. Today is slightly different. Okay, We're not going to have a, a normal sermon today. For today, we are installing or ordaining new deacons. And this has been something that's been in the works for quite some time, and we're super excited about it. I'm going to say a few words, and then each of our elders are going to say uh, a few words. Uh, and we're going to have, and it'll ultimately end with us praying over the new deacons before Larry leads us, and it is well with my soul. So let me open it up uh, this way. I was trying to think of it this week. Is this the most excited I've ever been about an Ackland Sunday? And if it's not the most excited, it's definitely a top three. Because what we are doing today is a big deal, and it is many years in the making. Leadership transition is a thorny thing in churches. And Larry and I didn't talk about this, but I love that you your theme this morning in your songs was peace. And uh, we have been so blessed with peace at this church. We're, our congregation is 88 years old. And anytime there's a leadership transition, and you know this from different churches, organizations, schools, places to work, whatever, leadership transition can be hard. And that's what we're marking today as we were celebrating God's peace upon us in the midst of leadership transition. So it was eight years ago, the summer of 2014, that our two elders at that time, Bill Crouch and Buford Eubanks, who have, who have now gone on to be with Jesus, um, they came up to me and they were talking about leadership transition. And they, uh, they liked to, I, I would always ask them, what were the best years of this church? And they used to always like to say, right now. Right. These are the best years of this church. And it was on their mind, the, the transition of leadership. So they said, we want you to come to a meeting on Sunday. And we've chosen three men that we hope will be the next elders. We're going to train them. And if the congregation approves of it, they'll be the next elders. And that was Brian, Matt, and Paul. And they happened to be three of our most involved deacons. So it, at that moment there, I was like, okay, this is not just going to affect our eldership, but our, our deaconship as well. And I knew it would be careful delicate work to do that transition, but I knew if the process went well, we'd enter into a new season of fruitful ministry, kingdom work, and gospel experience, and that is indeed what we're experiencing. So consider the last year. Some beloved faces are no longer here, but some new faces have become family. We've been through COVID, we've been through discernment, We've been through various forms of global turmoil, ups and downs, and yet here we are. And we want to celebrate today that God has been so good to the Ackland Church, and we're grateful for that. So today we finished the task that began eight years ago in the summer of 2014. For this morning, we're going to ordain nine new deacons that are making a three-year commitment to servant leadership here. In Acts chapter 6, this is the biblical basis for this. In Acts chapter 6, some Greek widows had been neglected and the food distribution. So the apostles delegated that task to seven Greek men who were full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and they empowered them to handle that very crucial issue. And that set in motion the organization of the first century church. We see in Philippians chapter 1 that the church was led by elders and deacons. Elders' responsibility is to keep the main thing the main thing, to shepherd those of us in the gospel and to proclaim the gospel and then they delegate the application of the gospel to deacons. And deacons are simply leaders 
that lead others in the task of service. Servant leaders. In 1 Timothy 3, we read that deacons must be exemplary in spiritual fruit. fruit. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then in a, in a verse like Romans 16, and this is going to be our closing reading today, we're reminded that it takes many people to keep a church going. Romans is perhaps Paul's greatest letter. And in his last chapter, he just lists all the names and the faces of people that make church happen, right? It's such a personal thing. And the person he starts off with is Phoebe. She was a deacon in the church in Sincrete. Deacons serve or lead by serving, and they don't just serve alone. They engage others in acts of service. Deacons prove essential for a healthy church. So we believe God came to earth in human skin as Jesus to set up his kingdom. And we believe the church is supposed to be the social manifestation of that, the beachhead of the coming kingdom. Then what we do here truly matters to experience life as it was intended to be experienced. I've referenced the cliche expression many times, the expression, everybody wants a revolution, but not everybody wants to do the dishes. <laughs> We're setting apart nine people this morning who are willing to do the dishes. And what we mean by that is they're willing to make sure the infrastructure is in place so that when people come here, they're greeted with a warm smile and there's coffee and donuts and the lights are on and the lights work and we have bus tickets and food and like just all the different things you need and curriculum for our classes and an infrastructure in place to do God's kingdom work. We thank you for your patience and support of this process. And this is a beginning, not an end. We think this is just the first wave. We have so, ministry, so many ministry leaders of this church and we'll be having more deacons, no doubt, uh, in the coming months and years. Before handing it over to our elders this morning, let us stand to read our gospel reading together. It's on the back of the bulletin. You can stand with us for the gospel reading and join with me in the bold section if you would like. Join with me in the bold section if you'd like. This is Luke chapter 22 when the apostles are arguing over who's going to be the greatest. It was all about one-upmanship. A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? It is not the one who is at the table, but I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you a kingdom, just as my father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. This is God's word. You may be seated. And I'll hand it over to Matt Perkins. Hey, y'all. This morning, uh, you know, we've got some different things that the elders kind of wanted to say. Um, I'm going to talk about um, just kind of like sometimes the funny parts or the weird parts of, um, of leadership. Um, so I've written something up here a little bit. I'm going to try to stay on the script. Not good at that. So. <laughs> See, it's already happening. Uh, um, so anyways, it's a little like the never have I ever game. Never have I ever 
run naked screaming from a bathhouse because there was a cobra keeping warm near the wood-burning stove. Never have I ever baptized a cat. Never have I ever had truckers brag on the CB radio about my miraculous driving through the horrible ice. Never have I ever shaved the body hair off of somebody who was going to have a procedure. But these are some of the extraordinary things I've heard from brothers and sisters I know with courage, patience, mercy, and care. This is service. This is church leadership, servant leadership. We sometimes go without what we need, whether sleep, a chance to say hello on Sunday, encouragement, a piece of that pie or the last deviled egg, working audiovisual equipment, knowing all the words to that song the kids want to sing or having answers to their brilliant questions. We often lack patience, batteries or markers, time, or all our thoughts put together in sentences that don't run on. And in that sense, you will make mistakes. The coffee will be, will be wrong for weeks in a row. Um, you will forget someone's name. You will pray and miss a prayer request. It will take three trips to the hardware store to get the right fitting. You'll get mad and not the good, righteous kind. You'll forget to let God do the hard parts. You won't ask for help. You'll eat too many greasy pancakes with someone that needs you. The best intentions will go sideways sometimes, but hopefully teach you something. It will hurt, but God's making all things new. This means you, too. You will often realize you are the least impressive person in the room. You will probably have to clean up bodily fluids or find someone to help you with that. The body is unit, though it is made of many parts. Your car might smell on occasion. You will hear the best jokes. You will giggle with homeless women driving down the snowiest street you've seen since 1982. Pray for one another. Volunteer for kids' classes. Like exercise, it will wear you out and build you up. Give yourself boundaries. Be open to crossing them now and then, but otherwise stick to them and take the time back. Of course, God works everyday miracles, but the steady week-in, week-out work of the church isn't sustained by burnout. Sabbath times, whenever they are, are God's intention from the beginning. When I was first made a deacon around here, it wasn't that... Excuse me. So when I was first made a deacon around here, I wasn't that impressive in all the usual ways. But I was willing to scrub the toilets, as JP was talking. I, I was willing to wash the dishes. I wasn't perfect. But the church wasn't perfect either. God helps us see past that and get to work. It's like Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. I'm going to stay at your house today. I hope that you all know that God wants to stay at your house. May God bless each and every one of us to have a chance to serve Jesus. Brian's next.
So I get the, the easy job this morning. I am so excited to just put uh, the names out there for you so that in this church, um, you can know who to associate with what areas around here. Um, first, I want to say, if you are someone who has served as a deacon in this church in the last 15 years, thank you. Um, it takes a lot of work to make this thing happen every week and all the stuff around that. And that does not go unnoticed unless no one is doing it. Um, and then everyone is going to notice. And, and so as I go down these uh, list of names this morning, um, I think you will clearly see some of those areas. And some of those areas, man, it, when things are going well, you don't see them, and that's the point. Um, but it still takes a lot of work to get those things done. And so let's talk about uh, the people that we're putting in place. Um, with our classes first, uh, Sunday morning adult curriculum, um, we are putting Robbie Spivey in that role. If you have sat in this auditorium or downstairs in one of our classes in the last couple years since Robbie has really been involved with that, um, you have really, um, number one, noticed a difference and, and been blessed by that, whether it's our study of Ezra, Nehemiah, or First and Second Samuel, or uh, books we've done on evangelism or other things. Um, I really appreciate the, the thoughtfulness that Robbie brings to that, uh, how she seeks others' opinions there and others' input on classes. Um, and truthfully, if you've sat in one of these classes, um, it's been a real blessing uh, to see the people that she reaches out to to get to facilitate and teach those classes um, so that we don't hear the same voices every Sunday um, and, and that we do get to hear from the, the whole of Akron. So we're looking forward to Robbie in that role. Likewise, on Sunday morning, our children's curriculum, uh, Matt Bauer and Sheila Deloney are going to share that role. Um, and, and this is one that truly excites me. Um, Sheila, in the time that she and John have been here, you know, we have someone uh, whose education is in children's curriculum. Um, and, and she can thrive in, in that role. Um, if you have never taught a children's class with Matt Bauer, um, number one, you should. Um, but number two, um, it is, I, I remember the surprising joy um, the, the first time I taught with Matt um, because I just, I, I did not have this in my expectation of him, but he is a great teacher. Um, and just his rapport with kids uh, and uh, their parents and, and the amount that he cares uh, about what happens in our children's classes on Sunday morning. Um, that serves our kids well today and that will certainly serve them well as a foundation uh, for their entire lives. Um, and so that's Sunday morning children's curriculum. Um, on Wednesday evenings, curriculum uh, and just Wednesday evening classes. Uh, Jackie Spivey is going in that role. Um, and, you know, in the, the flow of our church, um, you know, I know people's weeks are busy for that group that gathers on Wednesday evening. 
Um, I can look to my children here. Wednesday evening is the most important hour in their entire week. Um, I or, or Ryan, we, we could say, hey, listen, kids, we've got a lot going on. We're not going to go to church tonight. And my kids would be like, Miss Amy will give us a ride. Beth, Beth will give us a ride. And so it, it's important. Um, and if you are there with us on Wednesday night, we want to use that time well. We want to uplift you, and we want that to be a place of refuge. And so we are looking forward to having Jackie in that role, who puts so much thoughtfulness there, um, who is a professional educator, and can bring that to all of us. Um, and they are consistently there on Wednesday night, both she and Tim both, and so we're thankful for that. Um, for new members, um, a lot of y'all have been here for a long, long time. Uh, a lot of y'all have not been here for that long. Um, but if you walk in the doors of a church, it is so important for somebody to reach out to you and say, good morning, and we're glad that you're here. Um, We've asked Shannon to serve in the role of a deacon of new members because, honestly, I cannot think of anyone better in this church at, at reaching out to people and making sure that people feel seen when they walk in the door. Um, I, I have talked with Shannon and I said, maybe it's, it's because you've been in a lot of churches in your life and, and you know what it's like to be a new person somewhere. Um, but we are truly excited to have Shannon in that role um, and working kind of uh, alongside and, and hand in hand with uh, Justin Myrick, who is going to be our Deacon of Encouragement. Um, Y'all know Justin. I don't know that I have to say a lot more about that other than, boy, what a perfect role that is. Um, it, it, it's almost like it, it, was, it was designed for him. Um, and so we're, we're truly uh, excited to have Justin in that role. And, and as an eldership, as we got together and, and talked with the people uh, serving or looking at serving in those roles, um, Justin came with a plan. He had, he had notes um, about encouraging people. Um, and getting the rest of our congregation involved in groups encouraging people. And so I will say just as a you know, placeholder, um, be ready for, for Justin to, to reach out to you and uh, uh, just work in, in encouraging uh, our, our folks. Um, in the area of finance, Chris Church is going to serve in that role. Um, you need a lot of things to do finance well, um, just reliability being chief among those, but transparency and honesty and, and all of these things, and I cannot think of someone better to serve in that role uh, as Chris. Um, you know, I, I can remember uh, in, in years past seeing Bill uh, Crouch come in with, with the big checkbook and it was like duct taped together and it had rubber bands on it. Um, and, and I always wondered, I was like, why don't we just get a new checkbook? Like, it seems like this could fall apart at any point. Um, but, but that always served as a reminder to me that like doing the finances of a church, it's a bunch of work. And, and now in the last couple of years since I've been in the role uh, of being a co-signer on some of those checks, I have been so thankful for Paul um, that he does that every week because 
just the amount of weekly focus it takes to do all the, the financial things around here is a lot. And so um, Chris is going to be helping with that and just great at that. Um, in some of our, our primary areas of service, in Room in the Inn, in Little Pantry, um, Brad Matt is going to be serving in that role. Um, one of the things that I really appreciate about Brad and Anna Marie both and their family is just their willingness to serve in, in the little unseen ways um, that, are, that are the whole nexus of why we do this as church, right? Um, and, and so whether it is coordinating uh, spending night here at the building uh, with, with some of our homeless friends, um, whether it's at the, the drop of a hat of, hey, somebody's pulled out and we need to put someone else in there, whether it's just making sure that we've got food in the little pantry on, on Sunday morning for our friends who come by here during the week, um, we're really looking forward to having Brad serve in that role. Um, and then finally, uh, facilities. Um, Andrew Sternberg is going to be serving in that role as actually uh, one, our carryover beacon from, from the last several years. Um, Andrew has agreed to continue to serve in that role. Um, and just making sure that things are working and comfortable and safe and all, all the things that, that you need to have and that we need to have to be able to worship in this space without worrying about this space, right? Um, and, and so we are really thankful for these nine individuals who have agreed to serve for the next three years. Um, reach out to them, encourage them, pray for them. Um, if you're looking at an area where you're like, hey, this needs some work, see if you can get involved with them. Um, we are so blessed as a church, and I, I just want to take just a, a moment this morning um, to think, just in, in our church, um, how blessed we are that, that we have in our population nine people, not just with a willingness to serve, but are who are so clearly just gifted in those areas of service. We are really blessed as a church. Um, so I'm going to hand it over to Paul um, to pray for folks, and we'd like you to join us in that. Caramba. If we could, I'd like to ask those those nine deacons to, to come forward. I'll offer a prayer over them. And um, when we're done with that, Larry will we'll sing our invitation song. as we come to you this morning giving you thanks for the blessings uh, that you have given us through this body of believers. It is beautiful to ponder uh, the wide variety of talents and passions that we have in a group this small. 
So we ask your continued blessing on, on the church that meets here. Father, when we come together, we do that in the name of Jesus, and we attempt to do the work that you have called us to. Raising children, caring for the poor and the elderly, growing in discipleship, encouraging each other and, and acts of hospitality. And this morning, Father, I am thankful for these individuals who have agreed to focus on a particular kind of work, to serve this body and to consider the needs of this body. So we thank you for Shannon, and we ask that you fill her with your spirit, grant her mercy and wisdom as she gives focus to the new people that you bring to us each week. We thank you for Robbie, and we ask that you fill her with your spirit, grant her mercy and wisdom as she guides our thinking and learning in adult classes. We thank you for Chris, and we ask that you fill him with your spirit. Grant him mercy and wisdom as he manages and thinks about how we honor you uh, with our finances in this church. We thank you for Andrew, and we ask that you fill him with your spirit. Grant him mercy and wisdom as he cares for this sacred space where we gather to encounter you. We thank you for Jackie, and we ask that you fill her with your spirit. Grant her mercy and wisdom as she guides our learning and fellowship together on Wednesday nights. We thank you for Brad, and we ask that you fill him with your spirit. Grant him mercy and wisdom as he coordinates our hospitality efforts for the unhoused in our city. We thank you for Matt and Sheila. We ask that you fill them with your spirit. Grant them mercy and wisdom as they give direction to our children's classes, pointing them to Jesus as they are raised in this community. We thank you for Justin. We ask that you fill him with your spirit. Grant him mercy and wisdom as he seeks to give hope and encouragement to the faint of heart. For these individuals, Lord, for their families and for the work they will call us to be involved with, we ask your richest blessings. Help us as a church to support them in the efforts they spearhead. And we ask that through our work together, you will show your face to the people of our city. All these things we ask in your son's name. Amen.
3,288. Eastern Europeans, a lot of Eastern Europeans there are people with Eastern European backgrounds. 
So the first time that I went to visit a client up there, I think it was the very first meeting that I had, um, and I'll never forget it, um, it was a Lithuanian man named Boris. So I actually went up there with my boss um, at the time, and we actually went out to dinner with Boris. We went to downtown Chicago, had a, had a nice meal. We were there for probably nine o'clock at night. As we were leaving, he, he kind of he looked at us and he said, what are you guys doing now? And I said, uh, we kind of looked at each other, me and my boss. I mean, I guess we'll just go back to the hotel, uh, get ready for tomorrow. So we had more meetings tomorrow. He said, would you guys mind coming with me to just you know, meet with some of my friends? I said, okay. Um, yeah, let's, let's do that. Uh, sounds like fun. So we followed him. He goes to the, we show up in this kind of nondescript building. It ends up being one of these places where they, uh, they, it's like a cigar place. So they, they go in there, they buy cigars. And we went in there with them. We went into the back. There's like, they had like meeting rooms in the back. And there's all these guys in there. There's probably 15 of them. So he introduces us to them. They're all in the trucking industry. They're all like either truck drivers or they own small trucking companies. And every single one of them was Lithuanian. They're all speaking, you know, a language not English. They all, they all spoke English and they all spoke to us. So we ended up standing there with them for hours, several hours. And, you know, they were talking about their families. They were talking about the industry. They were talking about the country that they came from. And they had a lot of pride. As, um, as all the clients I had up there did, you know, you ask them about their country, they would, they would, they would get excited. They liked to talk about it. Because they were in a strange land. But they were finding people that, that had commonalities with them. So we ended up staying in there, I think, till north of 1 o'clock in the morning until the owner of the establishment basically kicked everybody out. But, um, so, you know, these guys got together. Uh, they apparently did this frequently, is what they said, is what Boris said. It was a way for them to get together. You know, they, they came from somewhere else. They were immigrants to this country. They didn't, you know, they've been here for a while, but seeking out people that are like them was important to them. Boris and a few of those other guys are also married with families, so I'm not sure how they got away with this <laughs> that frequently. I don't know if they're still doing it or not, but, but they did. Here's the analogy, and it may be a strained one. Maybe a strained analogy. People tend to draw close to people who share their backgrounds, their values and their culture. And this is especially true when we find ourselves out of our element. I don't know what it's like to leave the country of my birth for the sole reason that there's better opportunities elsewhere, or to leave the country of my birth because it's not safe to be where I'm at. We see this in Nashville. We've become a melting pot of sorts, and people of various backgrounds do seek each other out as a way to stay anchored in the life and customs that they have always known and have been accustomed to. Boris and his friends, they were immigrants to this country, a foreign country to them. They enjoyed getting together to fellowship with each other and talk and share stories of things that they were familiar with. And they were nice enough to invite two guys who couldn't really relate to that. This is kind of an ancient theme in the Bible. The Israelites often found themselves living in strange lands, mostly in their case by force. They shared past and experiences, kept them grounded throughout the Old Testament, and indeed right up to today, with among other celebrations, the Passover. 
Jesus himself saw fellowship with others, usually through meals, as a key component in his ministry. Indeed, the Last Supper between Jesus and his disciples is the model for what we do this morning and every Sunday morning. We get together with like-minded people, a simple act in a complicated world that we all inhabit, and we all share this meal together. Uh, so I'd like to challenge us to partake in this with joy in our hearts. And not just as a road experience, but a beautiful memorial of something that we all share in common. The death and the sacrifice of our Lord for the forgiveness of our sins and the defeat of death and darkness. And let's go ahead and pray over this bread. Dear Lord, we gather this morning with, with like-minded people, with family, as a respite in this complicated secular world. And we remember, we do this to remember what your son has done for us. As we take time to remember the sacrifice on the cross, we ask that you bless this bread that represents your son's body on the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's pray. Dear God, as we uh, 
we get ready to, to pass this, this wine amongst each, amongst each other that represents your son's blood on the cross, we ask for your blessing on it. In Jesus' name we pray. Five hundred sixty one. Five six one.
I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Sincrea. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you. For she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful for them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Eponidas, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews, who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachys. Greet Apelles, who, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodin, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, who, those women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me, too. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and the other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philagus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send greetings. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause division, and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. For such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for this time we've had together this morning, and uh, we're so thankful for the church here at Ackland. And we ask you to, to guide our new deacons and uh, help them to continue to, to strengthen the community here, the family that we have at Ackland. And we ask you to be with us this week, and please let us be the light to those in our, our workplace and in, at school and in our families. And uh, it's in your son's name we pray. says that it's dangerous to ask me to do announcements. <laughs> Just saying. I want to thank Rachel and Tim for such a great job uh, doing what you're doing, which particularly when we get to a, 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 a passage that greets some, uh, some Greek name and some other Greek name and some other Greek name. Tim is still working on that. <laughs> October 7th is going to be a great day, especially for Judah Sullivan and for Theo Asher. Judah is 12 and Theo is 7. Now, Theo, this is the last time that you're going to be 7 on the 7th. That's it. You're done. 
Um, Ryan Sullenberger um, had a great prayer retreat, and if you haven't been on one of those, or even if you have, you can sign up again. Uh, it's it, it was a great time. Um, today is Small Group Sunday. Uh, if you're not involved with a small group, we we would. Uh, we would be especially glad to uh, to uh, work on that with you. Uh, midweek gathering is at the Conway's yard uh, this Wednesday. That's the backyard, is that right? You're going to do backyard? Okay, good. Backyard. Uh, middle and high school are invited to a campfire lunch. Uh, details in the bulletin on uh, that's next Sunday the 9th. The uh, ladies' retreat's coming up soon. Sign-up deadline is October 23rd. And there is uh, there are other details in the bulletin. January 6th through 8th is, a, is the men's retreat, so be sure to get that on your calendar. You may not have bought a 2023 calendar yet, but you put it on your middle calendar at least. Um, there are some uh, other uh, announcements uh, for other uh, activities on the back later this month and next month and the next month. Uh, one thing we need to uh, especially talk about is the Fall Hamilton Elementary Orientation and that, that, uh, that you can get the other details from Shelley on. And, uh, that's a great uh, opportunity. There are donuts and there is coffee downstairs. And more important than that, there are classes downstairs and classes upstairs. So uh, have a good Sunday. You've been listening to 900 Ackland Avenue, the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. If you'd like more information about our community, our church website is http Thanks again for joining us. God bless.